Is it Omicron? Did Elon tweet? Is there an asteroid coming for Earth? No, no, there's not even a reason. There doesn't have to be a reason. You don't have to ascribe a reason to this. This is just the natural evolution of a volatile market, of a volatile new technology coming into, into life. and guests of the BitLift podcast are not registered financial advisors. The thoughts and strategies discussed are simply personal opinions and should not be treated as financial advice or recommendation to make a particular investment. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. What's up, crew? Hopefully you're surviving the crash of Q4 2021. When this happens, my phone starts blowing up. All my family and friends want to know what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. And the first thing I do is I hit the charts. So that's what I did. I fired up the charts and it looks like Bitcoin and Ether both crashed about 25% today, which is no bueno, but this actually happens a few times every market cycle. It's during the bull market this happens. A 25% dip on our way up is not uncommon. You know, these these things do happen. So, you know, Bitcoin hit about 57k and dipped to 42k. ETH was at 48k and dipped to 3500. Or sorry, 4,800 and dipped to 3,500. Both of those were about 25%. And they're actually recovering strong right now, both down only around 15% total. So if you've been following me since uh, the beginning of the year, you know that these dips are common. Four, five, six times during the 2017 bull market did we have these 25%-ish dips, sometimes even more. It looks like, you know, Bitcoin really struggles to hold this $1 trillion mark. Somewhere around 53K is, is Bitcoin's $1 trillion market cap. And it keeps kind of tinkering with it, and then it can't hold it. This is what happened back in May. And to be honest, this little dip, this looks a lot like May. This sort of rounded top thing that we're doing again, it looks just like what happened back in May. This is not sort of the typical market blow-off top that I've been expecting to see. And that's a really interesting thing. And I wonder if this is a sign of the crypto market evolving and that whether or not this cycle will result in that blow off top that I've been looking for, I'm not totally sure. But also the next thing I do after I look at this price is I zoom out. I hit that weekly chart and that monthly chart and things still look beautiful. That's why I say we're in a bull market. Everything is still up and to the right. We're not in a bear market until we start to tilt and things are starting to lean down. And right now, we're still leaning way up and to the right. We've got this dip. It's actually recovering strong. And uh, I think it's not, I'm not so concerned here, to be honest. I think this is an amazing opportunity to buy the dip. So the funniest thing is when people hit me up, the first thing they want to know is, why did this happen? Like, is it Omicron? Did Elon tweet? Is there an asteroid coming for Earth? No, no, there's not even a reason. There doesn't have to be a reason. You don't have to ascribe a reason to this. This is just the natural evolution of a volatile market, of a volatile new technology coming into, into life. These dips happen along the way. So the reason that we kind of see this like happen so quick and so fast, almost in a, in a flash crash sort of a fashion, is that it happens because a lot of leverage comes into the system. You know, two or three weeks ago, everyone was super bullish And when people are bullish, they start to take out leverage. So what that means is they borrow against their crypto to buy more crypto. And when you do this, you know, when you borrow against your crypto, you get what's called this liquidation price. And a liquidation price is this price at which the counterparty that you're borrowing from, you borrow borrow against your crypto, they give you cash, um, they loan you this cash at a a kind of a a fixed rate. 
and they tell you, if the Bitcoin you're borrowing against dips below this price, we're going to have to sell some of your Bitcoin to keep you in a safe loan-to-value ratio. So what a lot of people do is they'll actually set stops, limit orders and stops on their Coinbase accounts and on their exchange accounts. They'll set these stops in to make sure that they don't get liquidated. And so two things happen. When the price starts to dip, first of all, a lot of these stops trigger, which starts to cause a lot of automatic selling. And second, these liquidations start to happen. The Nexos of the world, the BlockFi's, all these people who give out these crypto loans, they start to sell people's crypto, which starts to cause this automatic sort of flash crash. And it sort of like stumbles on itself, like a dip causes more of a dip. And we start start triggering all of these automatic sales. All of these sales aren't happening because people were sitting up at their computers at midnight last night, clicking the sell button. Obviously, none of you were. That's not how this works. These crashes happen because of this automatic selling pressure. And that's the reason that we recover so fast too. It's because We weren't supposed to crash so hard. The market doesn't want the price to be that low. It's just that these exchanges were forced to sell. It didn't matter what price Bitcoin was at in order to sell. And this this and this sort of this has a trickle on down effect to all the rest of the crypto markets. Everything follows Bitcoin. Some might say it also follows ETH. These two are really the kind of the big dogs in the space, and a lot of the the coins follow them. And when these liquidations happen, you know, a lot of people also that one way to avoid a liquidation is to add more money into your account and pay off a little bit of your loan. So a lot of people might sell their altcoins and their shit coins and all the rando coins and dump their NFTs if they can find a buyer to help put more money into their account to avoid being liquidated. All of this is what causes these super fast flash crash kind of situations that happen. It's not because everyone woke up and decided today that Bitcoin was worth less. That's just not the way it works. Um, But I can see why it might seem that way. So a lot of leverage was flushed from the system. I've seen reports of up to 2 billion plus were flushed in a flash overnight. And that's why we're recovering so hard right now. So, you know, the first thing I thought of too was, you know, I've been really like trying to figure out how the end of this year is going to go, right? Are we going to get our big blow off top before the end of the year? Are these institutions going to take profits during December in order to lock them in for this year? Um, Is everyone going to wait till January 2nd to sell, you know, for tax reasons? How is this end of the year going to play out? And, you know, I've been following Plan B for years. Plan B is the guy, uh, he's the one who devised the stock to flow model. And he's been saying, you know, Bitcoin 100K by the end of the year is almost a lock as far as he's concerned. And I think what it's a pretty much a lock now that that's not going to happen. So that was kind of my first thought as far as I was like, man, I love me some plan B, but it doesn't look like it's going to work out uh, the way he wanted it to for this cycle. Uh, the second thing is like, this is such an amazing buying opportunity. Like when you zoom out and you look at that long-term chart, if you're in this for the long-term, if this is your first cycle, if you've been dollar cost averaging into your position, what a great opportunity to to stack some more sats and to add on to that long-term position that you have right now. Really, it'll lower your average price that you've been buying in. If you've been buying in in the 50s and the 60s, that's, you know, that's okay. That's how dollar cost averaging goes. Now you can do a chunk here in the 40s even, and that helps bring down the average cost of how uh, of the value of the Bitcoin that you've been buying. So this is a great spot to to do that. Another thought I had is this is a great opportunity to do some tax loss harvesting. Uh, what that means is, you know, if you've already captured some capital gains this year, maybe you sold some Bitcoin on the on the big run up to sixty, and you've got these gains. 
maybe you also bought some rando coins. You know, I bought some Rune, which is like Thorchain's coin a few months ago, and it's down a little bit. I bought it at 11. It's now somewhere around eight bucks. It doesn't look like Rune is going to do what I expected and hoped it would do this cycle. So I'm going to purposely sell it at a loss right now to help offset all the gains I captured in some of my Bitcoin sales that happened earlier in, in this cycle. So I'm going to do that. Uh, the, the other thing I'm thinking about is, you know, everything, it looks so cheap right now. All these opportunities I've been eyeing, I'm like dying to hop in there and just throw all my cash at all of these super cheap coins. And the reality is they're not exactly that cheap, right? Like we are still in this bull market. You know, things like Avalanche or Solana, these things have thousand X in some cases, like they're up a lot. And one, th- one analogy I like to use is like, you don't want to catch a falling knife. Like right now today, it looks like we're we bounced really hard off of that off of that strong dip. But you know, maybe tomorrow we'll keep following it a little bit. Maybe the next day we're gonna test that low to see if it really is the the official low before we start to start to gain some more traction northbound again. So I really want I don't want to catch a falling knife here. Maybe it's a good time if if you are have you've been eyeing a, a coin for a while and you really want to get in, maybe chop that that opportunity into a few. Um, maybe if you want to like put 10k into something, maybe break it into two chunks of 5k, buy your first 5k here, wait a couple days, see if maybe, uh, you know, in a few days you can get even a better price. Average in always and try not to catch these falling knives. Another thing I'm thinking about is, you know, how did a lot of these opportunities that I've been eyeing hold up over a situation like this? You know, for example, the craziest example actually is Luna. Man, I've been trying to figure out what to do with my Luna and because it's been on a, such a tear. We hit $70 yesterday, which was its all-time high. And then, you know, it Luna crashed down to $30, like a 56% crash in like hours. And you know what it did? It recovered back to $69. It is it is up right now. Luna is one of the only green coins in my watch list right now. It is unbelievable how this thing reacted. What that tells me is there was tons of money on the sideline waiting to get into Luna, just dying for there to be a good dip that they could come in and swoop up. And that's exactly what happened. So that was amazing to see. Uh, another thing, you know, when these crashes happen, we talked about all these liquidation events and these exchanges and whatnot that had to sell people's crypto. Companies like Nexo and BlockFi, they made a ton of money off of this. You know, a lot of times they charge a, a liquidation fee on top of the fact that they had to sell your crypto. So Nexo is up right now as an example. Like they just made a ton of money. This other project, Abracadabra, it's this other way of borrowing against your crypto, borrowing MIM, which is a stablecoin against your crypto. They minted a ton of money, unfortunately selling people's collateral, which that sucks for the people that that happened to. But for a project like that, their revenue, their profits are going to be up because of this intense volatility and because of these liquidation events. That's how they make money. So it's an interesting thing to look at. And uh, I'm eyeing a little spell here. I've been eyeing spell for a while. It crashed pretty hard. It's down 30% on some exchanges here. I might be, you know, averaging into some of those. And the last thing I've been keeping an eye on is stable coins. You know, stable coins should be pegged to a dollar. They should be exactly a dollar, but they never are. They fluctuate around a dollar a little bit. And some of these algorithmic stable coins that aren't backed by dollars in bank accounts somewhere, those those can be more volatile. I think, you know, UST, which is Luna's stable coin, 
or the stablecoin of the Terra network, uh, UST had a big dip back in May when there was this, these big liquidation events. And what I'm looking at here is that uh, UST barely dipped below 99 cents, if at all. Same with MIM. So these are stablecoins that I've been using as part of a lot of my stablecoin farming strategies. And I really want to make sure that those things are stable. And I love when that gets tested because I get to see what's going to happen in the worst case scenario. And then I can build my, my strategy moving forward on top of that. So I hope all of these riffs, I hope all of this helps. This is kind of what I've been thinking. Uh, if this was my first time getting into Bitcoin and ETH and into the crypto markets, if this was my first cycle, I would definitely be stacking here. I'd be adding on for sure. And if you know if you've been in it a long time like me and you've been like kind of t trying to time these cycles, you know, this is the big question for me is like we talk about this potential super cycle. Is there going to be a super cycle? Are we not going to go through these big four year up and down, you know, chapters or are we going to have a lot more smaller booms and busts? And you know, last May Everyone was saying, look, this is evidence. And but it wasn't evidence enough to me that, you know, this was going to be a pattern. But now that we're seeing it again, this this strange kind of rounded top, you know, it's almost like we're in a four-month cycle now instead of a four-year cycle. If I see this happen a third time, you know, if we set, you know, four or five months from now, if we set a new all-time high that's just a little bit higher, maybe like a 90k all-time high, and then we have another flash crash right after that. Man, it'll be hard to to convince me that we're not in a super cycle uh, if we see this happen a third time here, sort of in Q1 or so. So that kind of wraps it up here. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look like we're getting our 100K number by the end of the year. It doesn't look like we're hitting any blow-off top action anytime soon, but that doesn't mean that's the end of the bull market. I'm staying in. I'm holding. Um, I'm even adding on to some positions, and I'm keeping an eye on this thing uh, as we do. So if you have any questions, uh, hop into our Discord, fire away. Everyone wants to know what to do, and uh, that's a great place to kind of spitball some ideas and some strategies and uh, attack this crypto market and make some money, and uh, I hope we all do. So uh, I'll catch you all there. Be sure to hit up bitlift.com slash podcast for links to everything we discussed here today. And if you got any questions or comments, come find me on crypto Twitter and say what up. That's twitter.com slash bitlift, B-I-T-L-I-F-T. And if you're deep down the crypto rabbit hole, come hang out with myself and a few hundred crypto geeks in the BitLift Discord at bitlift.com slash discord to connect. The hosts and guests of the BitLift podcast are not registered financial advisors. The thoughts and strategies discussed are simply personal opinions and should not be treated as financial advice or recommendation to make a particular investment. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. 